by Team Corker, and this is our final podcast for 2018. We are wrapping the year, and it's very exciting to me to be wrapping the year with a British pro triathlete who I have stalked for a long while, who I've had the sweet pleasure of swimming beside, and who I can now call a friend. Hey, Laura. Hi, Steph. How are you going? I'm, uh, I'm a bit, like, no pressure now. Last podcast of the year. Gosh. Well, everyone needs to know that Laura has had zero warning of what is coming at her today. And we've, we've been talking about this podcast since the summer. So it feels like it's been baking in my brain for a long time. And what I recognize is that athletes do a really great job of being told what to do and then going forth and executing that. And there's, there's a reason why I've given you no preamble to this. <laughs> and I'm not nervous at all or shitting it. <laughs> Well, friends, here's the deal. Laura and I were just gabbing about how cool it is. We met over the sweet internet. You were writing an article for Wits Up, and then I actually found her on the side of the road, <laughs> riding by me in Germany, and we ended up swimming together in the canal at, at Challenge Roth or Rote, and now we've become sweet friends, and I'm in awe of your life. I mean, not only, of course, your performance as an athlete, but just how you've conducted your life. It's incredible. And I thought it would be a really inspiring way to wrap the year and, and to tuck some nuggets into our heart of what's possible, because I think you have redefined what's possible. And that's why I want to chat with you. Thanks very much. Without going fangirl and gush the other way, I could say a lot of the same stuff about you and what you do in your life. So let, well, let's, uh, let's see. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> let's dive in. For people that might not know your journey as an athlete, instead of going way back, I think it would provide great context if you just told us how many flights you were on in 2018. I am an engineer by background, so I do tend to keep lists of everything and spreadsheet it. I think, though, I've taken about 50 or so flights or trips this year or airports or trains or planes and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's up in that kind of number. That's globally. Obviously, Australia, New Zealand, where I am kind of for part of the year. And then that's including all the trips when I base myself in Europe over Northern Hemisphere summer and then a few into the States and to and from and, and that sort of thing. Gosh, so th that's basically every week you could be potentially on a plane but the be or a train, as you put it. But the beautiful thing is you're actually set up in a location for a period of time to get in some pretty significant training. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, I base myself in, in New Zealand from about November through to May. So it's, well, it's meant to be summer down here. Summer seems to have forgotten itself this year so far. And, and train and race in the Southern Hemisphere. And then I migrate north to Spain and, and base myself in Girona for the Northern Hemisphere summer and then race sort of in Europe. And there's a lot more, obviously, travel when I'm in Europe. There's a lot more races and it's a lot more sort of, but it's shorter, shorter flights or trains or, or driving either. Um, and then, of course, I come over to the States a few times as well over the year. Can, can I just ask that when you were an engineer, did you ever think 10 years later, this is what your career or your life would look like? Not a clue. No, no way. Not an absolute. I mean, sport had always been part of my life, but never had I dreamt that it's something that I could do 
full time as a professional it was always the hobby that you did around your corporate life so yeah I I don't think I'd have ever of as a kid growing up ever have thought that this is what I'd be doing sat here now it's pretty cool it's so cool and you did spend some time training in California and decided that California wasn't the place you were going to be Yep, my coach is Matt Dixon, Purple Patch, and he's based in, he's a Brit as well, but he's based in San Francisco. So when I decided to take the leap and and do the sport full time, I was living in Sydney in Australia at the time. I moved over to San Francisco to just work face to face with Matt, but loads of things probably aligned or combined and it just didn't really fit with me as the person, um, lots of things, the environment, you know, San Francisco is a fantastic city, but not great when you're a, an athlete trying to, to pull, to make ends meet. Also sort of settling into being a full-time professional athlete was working with a new coach, uh, new people, new teammates, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so I spent kind of two years there also that combined with that stepping up from age group and amateur to professional and the different standard there but spent sort of two years there you know it was great definitely no regrets on doing it. I think I had to do it but I think probably the real change what came when I got the opportunity to spend some time in New Zealand in Christchurch so Matt works one of Matt's coaches to IC whatever you want to call is a guy called Paul Buick he lives in Christchurch New Zealand and so he specifically works with us around or at the time was just sort of focused on the bike so I came to New Zealand to spend a couple of months with Paul and I think because I'd lived in Australia for six or seven years just coming back to the southern hemisphere it was just like this whole it's just what I was used to and I what I knew and I think probably when I'd gone to be a full-time professional I'd suddenly changed so many elements of my life that it was all quite unstable and there was no sort of one consistent so going back to New Zealand and the southern hemisphere it felt like suddenly there was a, a consistency there again and I just felt a lot more settled and the environment seemed to work better for me. It's it's incredible when you say consistency I'm like I would love to know what your version <laughs> of consistency beyond your training and the things that yeah, you I don't totally know. count up for. <laughs> And so in that state of like, I'm going to pick up my life and go and do something radically new. I think it's a brilliant time of year. It's a perfect time where people think, what if I could make life look in a different way that would serve my highest self, my happiest self? It's not working where I am right now. And what could be different? And how dramatic was the, I'm going to pick up from California and move back across to the other side of the world, a place you hadn't lived before. And you certainly hadn't lived as a professional athlete. So I, I've moved quite a few times in my life. I obviously grew up in the UK. I then moved to Australia, but that was very different because it was with a job. So the job moved me. I did have relatives in Australia, which I think helped with settling in. I got into the sport. So I had all these sort of different social networks that I grew within Australia. Then it was a big move going from Australia to America because suddenly I didn't have that same social groups or network to create because the hobby was now the job was everything and it was a new place and new people and you were there wasn't as much different networks to tap into if that makes sense totally I guess that and also with that move it was going from the security of the corporate life into a little bit of an unknown the move back to New Zealand wasn't as 
daunting, I don't mm. think, because also it probably saw it as sort of a, a few months to start with. So, and then it's over the years, it's grown and grown more and more. So now it's sort of six months and I do feel that, well, it is pretty much over my year. It's the six months where I'm in one place right. <laughs> and yeah. I can actually unpack suitcases and put my pictures up on the wall and, and my photographs. And I, I've made actually this year, I've made a bigger effort to create, I just rent a studio apartment off a friend, but I've made a big effort to create it a lot more into my place rather than just still feeling like I'm renting. Because when I'm not here, it's an Airbnb. So it has to be functional for Airbnb people coming and going. Sure. Yes. I'm here for six months a year. I don't want to live in it like it's an Airbnb. I need it. I need it to be homely and feel like my place. So probably the first time Vix is finding out about this, that I've changed some of the pictures around and put my stuff up (laughs) instead. And the other thing, normally I've, and this will make people laugh if they're listening, because I'm so transient and I'm always moving, I try to limit some of the things I buy because I, when I'm not here, I have to store it. And that's relying on good friends to store things for me when I'm in Europe or in the move. But again, this time coming back here, I've made the decision to go, actually, I have to buy these extra things, X, Y, and Z, because it's going to make my life for this next six months so much better. Yeah. And emotionally and physically and mentally as well, not just so as a state of living. Okay, can you tell us what three of those things are? Yeah, I can. So one I bought, so where I'm sitting, well, for the podcast listeners, they can't see. Like I said, it's just literally a studio and the desk I have actually unfortunately sort of sits in a corner and it's two white walls. And I went out and bought a notice board, like a pin board and a whiteboard. So I can put up all my photos of my family and my little nieces and nephews around the pin board. And also it's a good place to write messages, um, which goes inside with also I bought this, which I'm now showing stuff over the camera. Another whiteboard where I can like plan out my week and write in what appointments and stuff I've done. I'm very old school. I still write paper lists and things like that. I bought a blender so I can actually get the right nutrition and things like that. I have my soda stream, but that's always in different places around the world. Sid, do you travel with a blender and or a soda stream? No, actually, I have just organizing or talking to a company that make travel blenders, which I think is going to be amazing. And hopefully I'm going to get one of those and be able to use that as a travel one. So no, this blender I will leave in New Zealand Zealand. when when I leave. My soda stream, no, if they could make a travel one, that would be awesome. I do have about five soda streams in different places around (laughs) the world. There is one back in Girona with friends over there. There's one in the UK. I think I left one in Australia and the States as well. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a few other things. I tried to make it quite Christmassy this year as well, being away from home. So I actually made some decorations and I'm going to try and like, have flowers all the time in, in the studio just to brighten it up and you know yeah. buy something for yourself every now and again. Amazing. You mentioned Airbnb. Do you try to stay in Airbnbs in most of your travels or what does that look like for you? So, I mean, I said this place is an Airbnb, but it's a friend that owns it. So we have quite a good mates rate, which makes sense. Depending where I am, no, I have a lot of, I mean, because I travel so much, I do have a lot of great friends and connections around the world. And so a lot of the time I'm actually in homestays, which for races, I guess, which is fantastic. But I, when I'm, I can stay in Airbnbs to a certain extent, but it does actually still get quite costly 
for any longer length of time. So when I was in Girona this last summer, I actually just rented a room in an apartment with one two other guys sort of thing which actually worked out really well there was enough for me to have my own space because I'm a little bit older I've lived on my own for a long time and I like my own space but it was enough interaction that you weren't totally on your own all the time totally um you also mentioned community and I mean if you're living with a couple of people that's community but that obviously isn't what always occurs for you and we all know you to live and train on your own and race you know, wherever you would like to race. Sometimes that means traveling to races on your own as well. And yet I say all of that and here I am in Canada and you're in New Zealand and thanks to Instagram, we all know what each other is up to in our lives. Um, So beyond Instagram, how do you maintain your global friendships and also your community where you are so that you don't feel lonely? And or is lonely a thing, Sid? Does that ever happen? Yeah, it is. No, it's a massive thing. I go through huge ups and downs over Mm -hmm. the year of doing, you know, yeah, I am doing everything myself in terms of, you know, I I do a lot of training on my own. I am distant from my coaches. I'm traveling on my own to races. You know, I'm the one booking the flights, packing up, clearing up, you know, everything like that. And yeah, it does get to a point of you going, yeah, it's hard because sometimes you want to share those opportunities. And, and that's why the community is important. And at the same time, because I've had these opportunities, I, I know awesome people all over the world. And totally. so you, you have that connection, but they are all over the world and not necessarily always there with you wherever you are. So, I mean, I guess what I have to do is just be proactive in reaching out to people and keeping that contact and sending the odd message and emails and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you, you know, you, and then you go through the whole, you use social media and it can be great, but it can also be even more highlighting of the fact that you're on your own and you're doing everything solo. So it's, it's a great way to keep in contact with everyone you've met around the world and your community, but it's also a great way of highlighting that you are doing this on your own and that can be a real struggle. And I do hit huge low, not just around that, but huge low patches as well. Yeah. Totally fair. And I mean, the last time we were together was in Kona and we were talking about how it's so easy in Kona for you or for anyone to just jam pack a schedule because for those moments in time, everyone's together in one place. And so it is this balance because here you are solo and yet you get to a place and everyone wants every second of your time. And that can be also overwhelming. Yeah, that's right. Or, you know, I always feel sorry sometimes for those occasions where I have met up with somebody and I kind of leave the conversation, feel that I've just talked at them for the last hour. And I think it's because it's just so refreshing and it's suddenly such a buzz to be with somebody else and talking that I get overexcited. I've probably had a coffee as well sort of thing, but um, <laughs> so I, get, you know, I get overexcited and feel I've just sort of downloaded because I've suddenly got this opportunity to interact with someone or totally. kind of a one way rather than it's just me talking with my own head and my own figures on your shoulders that have your, you have your arguments with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> You're being silly. We love it when you... <laughs> Give us an hour of Sid time. Um, Okay, you mentioned 50 flights, airplanes are real. I am super interested in the business of being an athlete, in the business of chasing the dream, in the business of doing what you do. And as we look to 
the beginning of 2019. I'm curious how far out you plan your year. How do you go about booking 50 flights? How many have you already booked for 2019? <laughs> can you riff? Can you just give me a sneak peek into the, the world that is yeah. your forward-looking <laughs> plan? How many Airbnbs are on the books for next year? Well, so uh, next year's a little bit different so far. I'm very up in the air about plans next year and haven't really put anything in concrete. I've got a few rough ideas, but there's very little being actually written down. In fact, only the other day, so I use spreadsheets quite a lot. Only the other day, I actually started listing out all the races for next year and just started highlighting a few, but that's about as far as I get. Normally this time of year, so maybe like sort of this time last year, I would have known my first few, you know, up to May and not maybe had flights booked, but pretty much had plans penciled in and been looking at flights and that sort of thing. So I try to be pretty organized with flights, obviously, because it's not cheap flying and flying with a bike. So trying to find the best deals and be on top of that. Okay, so wait, pause. Like, How is it about booking far in advance? Is it about knowing which airlines to fly? How do you do this? So I try and fly with the same airline or partner airline so that I also get points and can create status and that also helps with luggage allowance and and that sort of thing doesn't always work because some of the destinations you I want to fly to those airlines or partner airlines don't have those so I have a spreadsheet with you know old style calendar where I once I've booked a flight I write in the details into the spreadsheet so I know what airport, what time. And then also around that, I also then wait, you know, do I need a hire car? Do I need airport parking? Am I got a transfer? If it is booking Airbnb, is that, that all goes in so that I can actually keep on top of it. It has gone wrong before. I did end up booking the same flight twice um, <laughs> in the early days, and um, which was a bit unfortunate, but I did, I did manage to, to get a refund on one of those. And, and trying to work out the... There's a toss up, you know, you can obviously being an athlete, you almost want to go as cheap as possible often on flights because you're trying to, you know, like I said, it, the flights are a major cost of the year and you are trying to save and be efficient with that money. But at the same time, I'm almost getting to a place now of going um, efficiency over economy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I am not going to buy a cheap flight that takes me twice as many hours to get to the destination I will find that balance between if it means paying a little bit more to get a better time of flight and things like that I'll I'll look to do that yeah okay so the truth is there's no secret other than <laughs> book on the same carrier get status and book as soon as you can and if yeah. you're on team Sid, you're about five months in advance yeah that's about five right. weeks <laughs> yeah and you know and just Make sure you you have all your flights captured. I think in the same in the same place, so you're on top of all those tra that travel and logistics, rather than having it. You know, so you have all your email confirmations, but collects them all in one place so that you can actually see those plans mapped out. It just helps yeah. me on a visual. Yeah. 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 You also mentioned we were we were chuckling about where you get your sponsored. <laughs> deliveries sent to and does everything still go to the UK or will they chase you around the world yes it depends so I now sort of default to two addresses so this one here in New Zealand where I am and then everything else I've just defaulted to my mum and dad's so bless them they turn up to be a bit of a um 
a delivery center warehouse. (laughs) That's right. Just because it was, it was just getting too complicated to remember what companies, what bank accounts had which address around the world. And then when you change phone numbers, you have to try and change addresses and security makes it really hard because you've now not got the phone number that they've just sent a pin number to that you can only change your address if you have that pin number. So I've just now kind of tried to default things to my mum and dad's and then to here into New Zealand. But yeah, I do have a few places in Europe, depending on races that though I can get nutrition sent to like my homestay in in Germany for Roth and I've got friends in Spain and I get some things sent to them when I'm there. So there's a few places. Normally I just have to advise anyone who's likely to send me stuff just to sort of, hey, can you just give me an email heads up before you send a package just to check where in the world I am and where is the most uh, convenient place to send that. I love it. Where in the world is Sid? It's like, where's Waldo? (laughs) So it's easy to, it's not easy, but a question that's easy to bring up is what does it take to chase a dream as an athlete? And I think there's a lot to that. On the other side is what does it take or what has it taken to chase the dream as a transient athlete that is up for being everywhere and anywhere in the world? And instead of just answering that question, one of my favorite ways to recap a race is what is the highlight, the low light, and what did you learn? I think looking back on 2018, this isn't new for you anymore. You know, you, you, you're coming back to similar races to win them. You're coming back to similar places to stay for a period of time. If you were to recap the year as sit on the road and say highlight, low light, what did you learn? Wow. So, I mean, there's highlights from race perspectives but I don't think that's quite what you're so that I mean the highlight has to be the opportunity to travel and to meet amazing people and to see incredible places and to be living that life mm-hmm. now that also is the low life like for me if I'm honest like it's great and it's amazing you get those opportunities but also it's that always feeling transient always living out the suitcase not feeling like you have a permanent base or a, you know I have great connections and contacts all over the world but you know who are your really close people in the in the team sort of thing yeah. so so I think I mean it's the same thing but it can be a huge highlight and I think it's a low light what have I learned gosh so much stuff that you still try and sort of process and and try and take forward you've got to be really proactive in communication with other people I think and being clear on your expectations so you're all kind of on the same page I think also what I've learned is that you do need to and I still don't do this great do need to make decisions for yourself and not what you think you should be doing and what other people have said you should do you need to find that the things that truly make you content happy and maybe it's just giving yourself the 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 time and a little bit of love and attention as you go through the the craziness of of everything else yeah gosh and it's never about a finish line and you can do this for as long as you wish but are there any key milestones in sport that you would like to check off before you would dare say I'm done (laughs) there's a couple of races that I'd still think I would like to get better results at or you know I'd like to do a race in the UK I've not raced back in the UK since I've only raced once in the UK and it was as an age grouper 
in fact my last race before I then turned professional so I would like to go back and race in the UK just so that family and, and friends over there can in theory come and come and watch <laughs> us but also just to give back to kind of British sport and British triathlon there's a couple of other races that are favorite races of mine that I would like to have better performances and and you know and, and win I'm slowly thinking of bucket list races as well for sort of the post triathlon career and that sort of thing are your bucket list races triathlon related or non-triathlon? Yeah, mixed actually. So I watched a friend run in the Queenstown Marathon a couple of weeks back and that just looked like it just a beautiful, beautiful marathon. So quite interested to do something like that. And then actually there's so many adventure races oh, yeah. here in New Zealand and off-road sort of races, which sound pretty cool. Also just seeing Lucy Gossage and Louise Minchin do Patagon Man in Patagonia, you know, and, and Mark Lucy as well, another friend, you know, that sort of thing looks pretty cool or just a little bit different but then also you know I had the opportunity last weekend to do some commentary at a race uh, which was awesome and really loved that side of things so there's there's a few elements of that that are kind of starting to, to formulate that's so fun that's awesome Sid I, I want to play one game with you before we wrap this it's called this or that and I just think it's so fun. And it's, this is a total selfish pursuit that I just want to giggle while you answer this. Are you ready? <laughs> while I squirm, because you haven't watched me squirm enough already. <laughs> All right. Dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or YouTube? Neither. Phone call or text? Oh, text. Really bad. It should be. I wish I was a phone call person, but I just panic okay. and text. <laughs> panic. So if you get a panic text yeah. from Sid, you know. Yeah. Music yeah. or podcast? Oh, do you know what? I know these are meant to be. I actually have got a whole long list of podcasts that I listen to, and I'm really enjoying listening to them. But it makes you forget the power that music can have. Mm. Um, and I've actually just started even putting music on, like uh, the music video channels, instead of just normal channels to have that in the background. Because I think, yeah, you forget what a, a, an amazing impact music can have. Form or function? Form or function? Function. Pop or indie? Pop. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, laundry or dishes? Dishes. Bath or shower? Shower. Sneakers or sandals? I live my life in trainers and my only other shoes I have are flip-flops. <laughs> Um, so it's a, I, I always get um, people always you know, chastise me so I'm, you know I'll, I'll the rarity that I get to dress up or wear a dress or, or something a little bit smarter and then I wear flip-flops flip because it's the only pair of shoes I have because <laughs> I don't carry don't carry heels or smart shoes around with me sneakers or sandal oh I don't know probably yeah sneakers email or letter to receive which do you prefer to receive I'm old school I like letters passenger or driver driver okay most important in a partner intelligent or funny i'll let you know when i find <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, um intelligent or funny i think probably funny car or truck car money or free time free time coke or red bull neither but i would default to coke in a race so that's what i have to go to i was just gonna say depends on what mile paper cup or travel cup I'm trying to be pretty good at the moment and I've got one of those keep cup renewable ones so yeah for my takeaway but yeah. I would prefer to be sitting in a cafe with a proper proper cup mug beautiful mug. yeah train or plane plane oh, the a380 though has to be the a380 <laughs> 
Fair. <laughs> Iced coffee or hot coffee? Mostly hot coffee. Mostly hot. Meat or vegetables? Oh, let's go meat. Meat. Right on. Yeah. Okay, thanks for playing my fun game. <laughs> <laughs> and now we wrap. And our last question that we wrap every podcast with is, what is currently making your heart beat faster? <laughs> this podcast has made my... No, my, and also I'm only back to about day three of training after five weeks off. So any bit of exercise is making my heart rate increase quite a lot. What is making my heart beat faster? And Christmas, I think, coming up to Christmas and... Whilst I'm not at home with family, you know, like I said, I've got photos up and just picturing my little nieces and nephews getting super excited. And just, yeah, the gift of giving. I love giving presents. Sid, thank you for your time. There will be tons of links below on where we can dive into all of the other awesome nuggets about you. It's inspiring. It's incredible. And we can't wait to see you wherever we get to meet next around the world. We will. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. And yeah, let's hope uh, we catch up in 2019. Absolutely. 